Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. This is the Jayhawker Talker podcast, a podcast affiliated with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. My name is Mark Van Sickle, and I'm happy to be back with another Jayhawker Talker podcast. Thanks for joining me. Today, I'm going to be diving into the championship run of the 2021-2022 season from the Kansas Jayhawks basketball team, how they pulled off winning the national title, plus how they could get back there to the mountaintop in March 2023. So I want to go back to the beginning of the 2021 season as they started. Because sometimes I, when I'm thinking about a national championship team, I don't necessarily go back to thinking about what they did in November, December. I just go right to March. I think about their run through March Madness. But I wanted to go back through the season just a little bit and – Talk about how they got there because it is a story. It is a journey how they got from November to March, actually through April when they won the national championship. So let's go back through it and just reminisce, if you will, with me through the beginning of the 2021 season. Uh, There was high expectations for the Jayhawks, as typically is the case with the Kansas Jayhawks basketball team. Uh, pretty much every year, it's Final Four or bust with the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, they start as a preseason number three. Only Gonzaga and UCLA were ranked higher than the Jayhawks to start the season. Uh, of course, Kansas started out ahead of Baylor, who was the previous national champion. Baylor was a preseason ranked number eight. The Big 12 always one of the toughest conferences to navigate in college basketball from top to bottom. Every team is competitive. And the Kansas Jayhawks, starting out as number three, of course, have the target on their back, along with Baylor, who was the repeating national champion. But before they had to get through the test of conference play, uh, they had the preseason, I guess you could say. That's what I like to call November in the first part of December. I guess most people would call it non-conference play. But I like to call it preseason as they're getting into the schedule. They started the preseason. They started the non-conference play with the Champions Classic against Michigan State, where they looked solid in an 87-74 victory. Just a few weeks later, during Thanksgiving break, the Jayhawks took their first loss of the season, their first little dip to a veteran Dayton Flyers squad. Uh, They could have won that one, but tough loss there for the Jayhawks early in the season. Uh, Earlier, actually last week in the podcast, I didn't mention it in this podcast, but in the very debut, in the first episode, the debut episode of the Jayhawker Talker podcast, I brought up the fact that Kansas and Missouri had not played for quite a while. They actually did play last season in their first matchup in, I think it was over a decade, about a decade, that they hadn't played each other in basketball. So it was good to see them get back on the court against each other. They played at Allen Fieldhouse last year in early December. The Jayhawks dominated that game in a 102-265 blowout victory, a one-sided border war indeed, which it had been most of the time in that series. But Kansas actually um, dominated that game at Allen Fieldhouse last year against Mizzou. They're going to play them this year in Columbia at Missouri, so that'll be an interesting matchup to watch out. I would expect another blowout victory for the Jayhawks, but we'll have to wait and see uh, for the 2022-2023 season to start. Then they got into conference play, playing against Oklahoma State, their first game. They got a win there before their second game in which they lost to Texas Tech. And at that point, nobody's really down around uh, Kansas basketball. Of course, it's a long season. But nationally, 
you start to get some of those doubters, some people creeping in there writing stories about are the Jayhawks going to drop off this year? Uh, coming back from, you know, they didn't finish first place in the Big 12 the year before. Before that, they had won a multitude of Big 12 titles back to back to back to back all the way uh, to the early 2010s. So, yeah, the, there was a national media a little bit going at KU thinking, could this be a year where they drop off a little bit? But, again, it was just one loss to Texas Tech, not that big of a deal. But throughout Big 12 play, throughout January, there were a lot of close games as they continued their journey, kind of still figuring out who they were as a team um, as they navigated those close matchups. They were winning some. They were losing some. However, they were questioned again at the end of January when they got blown out by the Kentucky Wildcats at home, which is a rare occurrence. Not often do the Kansas Jayhawks get beat at home, let alone blown out. It was another blue blood school that topped them, but uh, the national media really started coming at them at that point, questioning whether they were going to have what it takes again to get through March if they were going to be playing tougher teams like Kentucky when it comes to the tournament. Now, the month of February was a little bit of a roller coaster as well leading up to the Big 12 tournament. They had a monster win at Kansas State in the Sunflower Showdown. They split with Baylor, TCU, and Texas to close out the Big 12 schedule. You don't like to see that heading into the Big 12 tournament, but they did turn it on. They uh, they won the Big 12 tournament. They got the one seed in the Midwest. So really, they accomplished their goals for the season to that point. They wanted to win the Big 12. They wanted to get the one seed in the Midwest, which is kind of like home field advantage. You're not at home exactly, at least this year, when they have the regional in Kansas City. It's almost like a home game for the Jayhawks. But for the Kansas Jayhawks in March, they want to be the one seed in the Midwest. And that's what they did. They they got through a tough conference in the Big 12. They won the conference tournament. And they were rewarded with the one seed. So then we get to the part of the season that everybody kind of remembers. It was only about a month and a half ago at this point. So this is the part that everybody likes, the March Madness run. And it was a beautiful run. Uh, Started, of course, with the victory over number 16 seed Texas Southern. Then they went in a back-and-forth battle in the second round against the number 9 seed Creighton. Another battle with the 4 seed Providence in the Sweet 16. And then that's when things got interesting. Uh, KU got to play Miami, which was not expected. Miami, the 10 seed, of course, at the bottom of the Midwest bracket, who beat the number 11 seed in the Sweet 16, Iowa State. There were some big upsets down there in the bottom half of the bracket. It started out with Miami beating number two Auburn down there. And that that was just kind of a nice setup for Kansas. I know people don't want to talk about that right now because it's remember the the championship but they did have a friendly elite 8 matchup against Miami now the game wasn't as easy as some people thought it might have been Miami got up to a big lead in the first half and then of course the Jayhawks bounced back late in the first half they went on a really nice run and then just dominated the second half and then ended up just absolutely destroying Miami 76-50 in the Elite Eight matchup to get to the Final Four. And then when they got to the Final Four, they got to play Villanova, who had a had a solid season, great season from Villanova. And, of course, Jay Wright, who we didn't know at the time, but it was going to be his last season as the head coach of the Villanova Wildcats. And KU had a little bit of revenge on their mind. They they got knocked out of the tournament a couple of times against Villanova the last 
few times they played them in the tournament. So this was a big one for the Jayhawks, a big uh, hump to get over. And KU led wire to wire in this game. They never were behind. The game started out with Ochai Abaji just shooting lights out. He couldn't miss a three-pointer. And they ended up pulling out an 81-65 victory to advance to the championship. And, of course, we all remember what happened in the championship game. It was against North Carolina, fresh off of our minds here, still in in mid-May, late May now. And uh, just remembering the good times from that game because I actually got to – I was at Allen Fieldhouse. I, I got to watch uh, the Final Four game against Villanova at Allen Fieldhouse, and then I went back to, for the championship game. So it was – some good memories there in Lawrence going out to Mass Street after the victories. But anyway, the greatest comeback in national championship college basketball history against the North Carolina Wildcats down by 16 at one point, coming back from down 15 at the half. Bill Self must give a heck of a halftime speech. That's all I'm saying. I don't I don't think that we have any footage of that halftime speech, but whatever he said at halftime had to be something something exciting something something for the history books because those guys came out with intensity in the second half they were playing defense like they hadn't been in the first half they were making those transition buckets they were getting out getting out and getting after it is what i like to say and it was a, a wild turn of events there where they just came all the way back took the lead took about a 6 point lead there with about 5 minutes left and then it went back and forth the last 5 minutes of the game and it, it came down to the very end. Big Dave, Big Dave McCormick, going to miss that guy. Had a couple clutch shots there in the final minute of the game. And then UNC tried for that three-pointer at the buzzer, fell short. Kansas Jayhawks up on top, national champion, 72-69 victory. And I'd love to hear what you guys were doing that night, by the way, during the national championship, where you were at, where you were celebrating. Like I said a little bit earlier, I was at Allen Fieldhouse watching this event take place and unfold and it was just a really exciting experience being there in Allen Fieldhouse watching the game with thousands of other Jayhawks fans and then of course spilling out into the streets of uh Lawrence at Mass Street of course being the the biggest party down there but it was it was a great time down there uh celebrating the national championship of the Kansas Jayhawks but you know that's that's now in the past that that is that is history it's something that you can celebrate still and enjoy, of course, but you got to look ahead to the next year because you want to get back to the mountaintop. You felt good, but you don't you don't want to come down from that. You want to stay on the mountaintop the next year. And the, and the Kansas Jacks have never had back-to-back national championships. Now, it's tough to do. Not many teams are able to win back-to-back national championships, but how can they do it? How can they get back on top of that mountain next year in college basketball and win back-to-back national titles? It's not going to be easy. They are losing several uh, regular contributors. David McCormick, as I mentioned a little bit ago, Mitch Lightfoot, Remy Martin, the transfer that came in from Arizona State. They're out of eligibility. Ochai Abaji could come back for another year, but we know he's not going to. He's going to the NBA. He came back last year after testing uh, for the NBA, and yeah, he's he's gone. He's going to be a lottery pick most likely. We'll see what happens come the draft time. Now, what's going to be interesting to watch is over the next few days, we're going to find out if 
Christian Brown is coming back. That's going to be huge. Also, we're going to figure out if Jalen Wilson is coming back. Both of them are testing the waters in the NBA. They could come back. They're retaining their eligibility so they can bypass the draft and come back and play at Kansas. If so, that would be huge for the Kansas Jayhawks. They have until June 1st to figure out if they are going to go to the NBA or come back to Kansas. So with that deadline quickly approaching, we're going to find that out very soon. If Brown chooses to come back, that would be huge. If Wilson comes back, that would be huge as well. They've got Dewan Harris coming back. Bobby Pettiford could be a guy that steps in and starts at guard. Plus, you've got Grady Dick. He's one of the top recruits in all of college basketball. He's coming to Kansas, and he is a projected starter in that lineup as well. So your projected starting five could be Christian Brown, Jalen Wilson, Dewan Harris, Bobby Bet- Bobby Pettiford, excuse me, and Grady Dick. So we're not sure exactly if those five will be the starters. Of course, a lot will be told in the next few weeks as we're figuring out if Christian Brown and Jalen Wilson are coming back. But You've also got guys who have been been on the bench, Joseph Yesifu, Zach Clements, K.J. Adams, plus Cam Martin and Kyle Cuff, um, who redshirted last year. Could be a very deep bench for Kansas if Brown and Wilson coming back. Not to mention, along with Grady Dick, other McDonald's All-American, M.J. Rice, will be coming to Kansas next year. He will compete for playing time right away. Uh, you got big man Ernest Uday. He's coming in as well as another top recruit that's going to be pushing for playing time and another top 50 prospect. I'm probably going to butcher his name right now, but it's Zuby Ejiofer. And if if I said that wrong, I apologize. But he'll be adding size and depth as well to this squad. This is a top five recruiting class for Bill Self, another great class, and he has not even dipped into the transfer portal yet. I think they're kind of waiting on the transfer portal to see what Christian Brown and Jalen Wilson do, because if they don't come back, then I think they will dip into the transfer portal and try to add a big name or two to help them uh, with either filling one of their starter roles or just another good bench player for the team. Uh, Last year's edition of Remy Martin, I mean, that was a huge ad for Bill Self. I know that they wanted him to do more in the regular season. It didn't pan out that way, but such a big addition for the Jayhawks in the postseason, of course, he really started turning it on in the Big 12 tournament. And then in the national tournament as well, they would not have won the national title without Remy Martin. So that if they can add another transfer like that to this Kansas Jayhawks team, that would be so huge for Kansas going into the 2022-2023 season. Now, of course, uh, Kansas, every year, they seem to have a tough schedule, of course, playing in the Big 12 such a tough conference, but even in the preseason, even in their non-conference games, they always get in those tournaments where they can play teams that can add to their resume and give them a boost when it comes to March Madness. And maybe, you know, they're they're going to be competing for that number one seed, maybe number two seed, three seed at worst in Kansas basketball. That's typically how it's gone. But yeah, if you want to get that number one overall seed, you got to have a great record, of course, but you also want to have a great strength of schedule so going to next season they don't have every game set in stone right now but they will be playing duke and many think that that's going to be the opening game of the season last year they started against michigan state this year 
could be against Duke. And that would be followed by the Battle for Atlantis tournament that they're going to. A lot of big-name teams there this year. Butler, BYU, Dayton, North Carolina State, USC, Tennessee, and Wisconsin. Absolutely no pushover team in that bunch of teams. So KU could be playing any of those teams throughout the Battle of Atlantis tournament, depending on how things shake out. And then another team that could be tough, they were kind of a middle-of-the-road team last year, but every year they, they used to be... I guess you could still consider them a blue blood team. Um, They haven't been great in a while, but Kansas is going to be hosting Indiana at Allen Fieldhouse for the first time since 1993. They're going to be playing Indiana on December 17th at Allen Fieldhouse. And then after that, they're going to go back and have another border war showdown. We talked about it earlier in the podcast. They're going to be playing in Columbia at Mizzou. At some point in December, the game is not exactly locked down for a specific date yet, but they will be playing at Mizzou either late December or early January before conference play really gets kicked into high gear. And an additional schedule rumor that I've been seeing lately, there is the possibility that KU could play Gonzaga before conference play starts. So that's something to keep an eye on. If you can get a home-and-home with KU and Gonzaga. That will be a national game of the week, no doubt about it, as Gonzaga has become one of the premier college basketball teams year in and year out. But, of course, after you get done with the uh, non-conference play, with the preseason, you get into the Big 12 play. It's going to be another tough, tough season in the Big 12. Um, But likely with all the players they have coming back, with the depth that they have, they have Bill Self, the best coach in all of college basketball. I think you, there's no denying that at this point with uh, Coach K retiring. Roy Williams, of course, retired a couple of years ago. Jay Wright retired. It is Bill Self and then everybody else. That's just the facts at this point. But they're going to make another deep run in March. That they, They're set up that they can do that. Now, I it, like I said, it's going to be tough getting through the Big 12 Conference, but I think they're going to set themselves up to be a one seed again and have a chance to get back to uh, having that advantage of getting the number one seed in the Midwest. That's what they're going to be working toward. They're going to work toward the Big 12 championship, They're going to, the regular season championship, then the Big 12 conference championship, and then, of course, trying to get back to the mountaintop again and win their second consecutive national championship. They've never won back-to-back national titles in their storied history at Kansas. It's I, it's not easy to do, like I said earlier. It's not an easy thing to do to win back-to-back national championships, but that could be a reason that Christian Brown comes back. It could be a reason Jalen Wilson comes back to be the first guys in KU history to lead their team to back-to-back national championships. And for Christian Brown, that would be a legacy that puts him up on a pedestal in Kansas basketball history that nobody would ever be able to touch, at least in my mind. I think that that's something that would put him up there above Danny Manning, above Ochai Abaji, who just graduated. And it's just something that I think would be really cool for Christian Brown to come back and try to lead the Kansas Jayhawks back to another national championship. So as we're wrapping up with this podcast today, what are you most looking forward to this upcoming season for KU Hoops? Is it going to be Grady Dick and this great freshman class that they have coming in? Is it the incredible slate of non-con games that KU has lined up? How about another chance at winning back 
back-to-back national championships. I know that's what I'm really looking forward to. I know probably everybody is looking to see if they can get to -to back-to-back national championships. But I'd like to know what you guys think. So hit me up on Twitter, at Talker is the podcast page. I'm there, my personal page, at MarkTheOverseer. I'd love to get some conversations going on Twitter to talk to you guys about KU hoops and anything else really in general, Kansas athletics. Would love to talk to you on there about that. So that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks for listening. I truly do appreciate it. We'll be back next week with another episode. My name is Mark Van Sickle. You've been listening to the Jayhawker Talker podcast in affiliation with Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'll be writing some more articles over there for Heartland. I have one from last week. I'm talking about the top five reasons that Christian Brown should come back to Kansas. So you want to go over to heartlandcollegesports.com and check that article out. So until next time, rock chalk, Jayhawk.